Imagine that there is a new world out there, a different dimension right at your fingertips, that you could enter at any time that can bring you joy and pleasure and healing, a world that could help you feel complete. That world exists, and it is our topic today. Essential oils, the amazing properties of scent. That's our focus here today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. We have had shows on scent and the importance of our ability to smell years ago. And while I do appreciate and am aware of the beauty and comfort a nice scent can give us, I was stunned when I came across a brand new book on essential oils and their therapeutic use. The book is called Healing Civilizations. And while that seems like a bold title, I can say that the book delivers on it. It's a tour around the world with your nose, combining ancient wisdom with modern studies of therapeutic essential oils. I'm speaking with the author today, Dr. Nadim Shath. Essential oils, the amazing properties of scent, all that and more coming up in just a minute here on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and this show is brought to you by Equal Exchange a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. That's equalexchange.coop. And by Utterly offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. 
Our topic in this hour is essential oils, the amazing properties of scent. There's a brand new book that came out just a few days ago. It's called Healing Civilizations, the search for therapeutic essential oils and nutrients. And I'm speaking with the author today, Dr. Nadim Shat, who is joining me today from Minneapolis. Dr. Shat, do we have you on the line? Yes. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for making the time for joining us. It's a brand new book. It came out just a few days ago. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. It's a coffee table size book. And I do want to start with the intro. I couldn't put it down. We just got it last week. And it starts with you traveled the world for 25 years, maybe thinking that one day this will be a book. But what does that look like when, when one travels for 25 years in pursuit of essential oils and scents? Can you give us a picture of that? Uh, well, 25 years has been really my search for essential oils and therapeutic ingredients. I, uh, my first experience, or whiff, as you may call it, with essential oils has been my mother rubbing peppermint oil on my chest when I had a cold and the aroma of chamomile when my stomach was upset, uh, the fenugreek when uh, she was breastfeeding me, the cloves when I was teething. So I've always experienced essential oils and aromatherapeutic ingredients and I was fascinated by that and I just basically made it my business. So for the last uh, 25, almost 30 years, I've been traveling around the world and associating myself with the many companies that produce essential oils, uh, farmers that harvest essential oils and grow them. And uh, in the last five, maybe seven years, I got very serious about wanting to make a contribution and to share my knowledge. And I took with me a, a fantastic photojournalist. His name is Thomas Hartwell, and he's with the Associated Press. And he traveled with me to those locations and took some fantastic photos. So when I showed it to my publisher, uh, I you know, was expecting a regular manuscript. They basically said, uh, no, 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 this is a a super coffee table book with those beautiful pictures and hence the uh, the birth of my book it is really both it is it is a field guide it is a, a a manual really a reference manual for practitioners in the field of aromatherapy essential oils and even perfumery but it it is also a fascinating story and yet it has the beauty and and um, reverence that you clearly have for those ingredients and essential oils in form of the coffee table photography so it's it's kind of all of it which is hard to find a balance for so again when you when you traveled all around the world from india to asia to europe Uh, how how mm -hmm. did you do the research? How did that how did that come about? You you just studied what was used historically in ancient uh, Europe, and then you traveled and you met people. Or how do you put a book like this together? <laughs> let me let me tell you my my exact experience. <laughs> yeah, I please. Am originally from <laughs> Egypt, yes, uh, from Alexandria. I came to America uh, in the 60s, the late 60s and uh, to study for my Ph.D. as a young man. And uh, Cleopatra was the woman who was in charge of Alexandria. She's the one 
who built Alexandria and made it as a metropolis that it is. And she was a, uh, uh, she lived and died by using natural ingredients and essential oils. So I was fascinated with history and the fact that it emanated from my, my, my country, Egypt at the time. So I started with that and I found out that, wow, the ancient civilizations have really uh, uh, mastered the use of natural and ingredients and the therapeutic ingredients. And it, it basically started from there. So from there, I went on to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, I studied uh, the three religions and what was the impact on, on the nutrition and healthy living and uh, uh, with the use of essential oils. And from there to India and Ayurvedic medicine and then China with traditional Chinese medicine. And of course, Europe with all up to the modern aromatherapy, which originated with uh, Gat Fosse uh, from France. And Gat Fosse in 1928 uh, burned himself in the laboratory. He was a wild chemist, and uh, he immediately dipped his hand in a vat of lavender. And that totally healed his, his cut, his bruises, his burns. It left no scabs, no wounds, any, no marks. And and he felt fantastic. And so aromatherapy basically started again from there. And, of course, I studied American history and uh, Aztecs and Mayans and in, in Indians and how they contributed. So it, it was a travelogue, and it was a travelogue about the ancient civilizations. And then it got serious, and that is, now we, what are those oils? What are those essential oils and fixed oils and absolutes and hydrosols? Uh, I defined them. I showed how you make them, how you extract them, how you distill them, how you modify them. And then finally, how you use them in modern aromatherapy and modern treatments and modern nutrition. And I guess my best contribution in this book is the fact that I've listed uh, about 70 of the top essential oils in a two-page template, and in it I have listed all the information that you would need about those oils. They're the aromatherapeutic properties or the physical or chemical or biological or chromatographic properties. We do want to talk about that in a minute, the really sure. the hands-on use of the book and uh, essential oil mm -hmm. in one's life. But coming from a, from a macro view of your travels and of thousands of years of history that uh, has used essential oils throughout, you are now part of and, and really leading an international conversation about scent. And it's fascinating that it is happening around the world Why are we waking mm -hmm. up to this topic right now? What are you seeing? Why is this becoming so popular again? You know, it's basically the industrial revolution in the past century. Uh, it, it brought us major advances, advances in communication, you know, cars, airplanes, jets, computers, cell phones, and major advances, advantages in, uh, advances in medicine, x-rays, MRIs, surgical procedures, pharmaceuticals, petrochemicals, food accessible, non-perishable, <laughs> preservatives to, uh, to g keep the food longer and have a better shelf life. You know, but all of those advancement, advancements have had side effects. I mean, we, we, uh, and we demanded quick fixes and instant gratification. 
And the result is we are over-reliant on synthetic ingredients, on, on potent drugs, on artificial preservatives, on gasoline for transportation. You know, all of those have contributed a negative effect. And people, I mean, the pendulum basically has, has swung way too far. And, and it's about time that we bring that back a little bit. We learn from what our civilizations uh, knew and I don't have to go back to, to ancient Egypt or ancient uh, Mesopotamia or, uh, or, uh, or China. Our grandmothers, our mothers and grandmothers used things that were natural instead of, you know, drugs and potent uh, uh, chemicals. So that's, that's what we are waking up to right now. And I think it's a movement that is not going to be extinguished. It's going to be strengthened. And uh, that's what we all would like to see in the future. And you're right, of course, uh, even in Germany, I remember four, five, six years mm -hmm. old with the bronchitis that my mom would put some, you know, grease on my chest that smelled like eucalyptus or something. And the, exactly. the fat exactly. would, com would, would uh, you know, contain the heat in my chest so it would heal itself quicker and the the aromas would would make me feel calm and would heal i didn't know exactly how it was how it was working then but yes mm -hmm. not just even our grandmothers but you're right even our mothers have used exactly. those materials exactly exactly which brings us to the next question what are some mm -hmm. of the most compelling and surprising properties of oils that you found you brought up toothache you brought up um, an upset stomach with chamomile But it's it's really the the vast spectrum of human illnesses from mood, physical disease, illness preventing. Can you walk us through that? What have you found now that after 25 well, years? Uh, you know, okay, first of all, what was really compelling and surprising to me, of course, the oils and what they do. But before the oils and what they do, I was really, really surprised by how do we produce those things? I mean, that's the first thing that struck me. If you take a look at jasmine, you know, which is it's an aphrodisiac and it's, it's an antibacterial, it's a fantastic ingredient. Of course, it's used in perfumery. And uh, But if you take a look at jasmine, jasmine is a flower, is a white, beautiful white flower, which grows in the Mediterranean mostly and a little bit in India. And it's, It's harvested in the summertime. It takes 8 million flowers. I want to repeat this again. 8 million flowers of jasmine to produce one kilogram of jasmine absolute. That struck me. Another thing that struck me is if you look at a tree such as the neroli or the bitter orange tree, that bitter orange tree produces about 20 to 25 essential oils and absolute uh, from it. In April, only for three weeks in April, it buds a flower, a white flower, which if you steam distill it, you get the neroli oil. Neroli is used for grief, for shock, for depression. Uh, if, you, if you extract it, you produce the bitter orange flower absolute. And, and, and a variety of other things such as neroli water or neroli hydrosol. If that tree also, you can prune that green leaves from it and you produce petit grain. Petit grain oil is fantastic for 
for the stomach and for all sorts of other uh, uh, mood-enhancing things. Uh, it also, in, in October, November, it produces a, a bitter orange uh, fruit. And that bitter orange fruit, if you puncture it, you get a bitter orange oil, which is, which is a fascinating oil. Uh, for lymphatic draining, uh, if you if you squeeze the, the the juice, you come up with a bittering agent where you can denature alcohol with. You take that bitter orange, and it's an excellent marmalade, and so on and so forth. So before what those oils really do for us, I was just fascinated by uh, what are the, the what's the labor involved in the diversity of nature. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, and I can go on and on right now on essential oils and fixed oils and what are they good for, if you would like me to. I'd be glad to do that. Yes, you're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Nadim Shah, the author of Healing Civilizations, The Search for Therapeutic Essential Oils and Nutrients in this hour often organic conversation on essential oils, the amazing properties of scent. I do have a question about the title of this show, the amazing properties of scent. When you talk about okay. essential oils, are we talking yeah. topical use only, or are you saying those essential oils could be ingested, for example, as well? How, what's the yeah. general use? Okay. Well, the general use has been basically uh, topical and on the skin and, uh, you know, permeation from it, but it eventually gets into your body. Now, I, I, you know, I am not a medical doctor, and so I'm not prescribing anything to anybody. I'm only sure. trying to enlighten people about the properties of those beautiful oils and what they've done and what the ancient civilizations have discovered and how they used it, and it's about time that we go and, and use them ourselves. But you take a look at uh, black human seed. I mean, this uh, Prophet Muhammad used to say that black human seed will cure every disease known to man except death. Pomegranate. Pomegranate is is an antiseptic. Uh, the, 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 the bark of the, of the pomegranate, I'm sorry, the, 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 the cover of the, the, uh, the rind of the pomegranate mm -hmm. has a beautiful antioxidant ingredient called elagic acid. Of course, the juice and the, and, the, and the pearls, as I call them, of the pomegranate are just like there's nothing like them for colds and for respiratory uh, problems. Uh, lavender, you know, lavender, we said... Uh, Uh, it uh, heals the cuts, but it's also fantastic in relaxing you and, and making you sleep. Uh, aloe, also for cuts and bruises. And you can keep going on and on about those things and, and what they have been doing uh, uh, throughout the centuries, and that's what we want to. So internally, of course, well, we, oh, we take it internally already. I mean, you know, there's aloe juice all over the place that you take internally. And your skin uh, is your largest, largest organ, so you're right. Of course, eventually it will absolutely eventually be absorbed. It will and, go and, in. And, yes. Okay, but I mean, whether you get it through your mouth or through your skin, it is uh, internally. And here, here, is a, here is a word of caution, if I may. Uh, number, I mean, the, the essential oils are not mild things. It's not like just putting water on your skin. So you have to be a little bit cautious. Uh, in my opinion, 
what I would do is I would put a drop on my uh, hand and uh, observe it for 10 minutes. And if in 10 minutes you're not getting any irritation or reddening on the skin, it means that it is probably safe and you will not get any irritation. But I personally like the material, the essential oil, to be diluted. Uh, I prefer a, a, salt, a, 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 a diluent such as olive oil or jojoba or tamanu or argan. Or, uh, so you dilute it so that, you, you, you know, th- these are really, you know, active ingredients, and that's why they're uh, physiologically active. And so that's a word of caution. And, of course, internally, you can't really just take everything and put it and, and, and use it internally. You have to rely, of course, on your supplier and telling you what to do with that. So, and external. It sounds like it's not just the scent, right? The, the uh, properties come out in the distillation through the oils, and they are used then topically, even though the scent supports them and the scent might have its own properties in themselves, but it is the oil, it's the concentrated form of what, what is in it that heals us. Absolutely. That, yeah? Absolutely. Fair? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, a fixed oil such as olive, we all know, you know, the benefits of olives and uh, an olive oil and uh, a tamanu, I mean, is an anti-inflammatory. And so uh, essential oils basically are the, 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 what the Taoist Chinese used to say It's the soul of the flower or the herb or the seed. You're getting the soul of it, and it contains therapeutic ingredients, contains antioxidant properties, and it contains, of course, mood-altering uh, properties, which can be very, very significant in, in alleviating depression, in, 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 in invigorating you and in relaxing you. Uh, so it's a, a variety of things that you come up with. We do want to talk about those in more depth in just a minute. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Please stay with us. That's Dr. Nadim Shath, the author of Healing Civilizations, The Search for Therapeutic Essential Oils and Nutrients, a brand new book, coffee table and field guide, gorgeous and so packed with information that just came out. Again, that book is called Healing Civilizations, The Search for Therapeutic Essential Oils and Nutrients. Dr. Shath, please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is an organic conversation, and I'm Helga Helberg. This show is brought to you by Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y. W-I-N-E dot com. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com.
And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Essential oils, the amazing properties of scent, our topic in this hour. There's an entire world out there, and we just got the key. And the key is a brand new book written by Dr. Nadim Shath. He's the author of Healing Civilizations, the Search for Therapeutic Essential Oils and Nutrients. It was just released a few days ago, and it is a coffee table book size filled with photos and a really a field guide into the world of essential oils, including the making, and you touched on that, steam distillation, cold expression, and solvent extraction, how to make essential oils and what they're good for. Right before the break, you were touching on mental mood, physical disease, curing illness, preventing illness, can you talk about that more? Is there any area that you found or is this really our kind of natural apothecary that you found? Oh, first of all, I, I always like to go to our ancient civilizations where they really discovered a lot of stuff. Take a look at myrrh or frankincense. I mean, according to the Gospel of Matthew, you know, the three wise men uh, gave uh, baby Jesus gold, frankincense and myrrh. Did they know that myrrh is a powerful antibiotic and a preservative? I mean, according to the Gospel of Mark, Jesus was given uh, before crucifixion uh, myrrh, also because it is an antibiotic and a preservative. So uh, they knew that, and we're rediscovering it. Of course, we use it for incense and nice smell, etc., but it's got more properties. Take a look at pomegranate. Pomegranate is fantastic for treatments of cough and cold symptoms. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent emollient in skin care, and it's a refreshing drink. And uh, uh, by the way, I call pomegranate a, a, a fruit from both heaven and hell. It's from heaven because all of our religions, whether it's, it's Islam or Judaism or Christianity in the you know, Song of Solomon, uh, they, they talk about pomegranate, you, you'll be rewarded in heaven with them. And it's, it's from hell because uh, Hades, the god of the underworld, uh, fell in love with uh, Persephone, who is the daughter of, of uh, Zeus and Demeter. The, Demeter is the goddess of the agriculture. agriculture. Mm -hmm. And he brought her down to his underworld. He, he you know, captured her, took her with, her with him to the underworld. And, and right before she wanted, she wanted to escape, and right before she escaped, he gave her the luscious pomegranate and the fruit and the juice. And she loved it she, when she escaped. And the earth, of course, became uh, fertile again. She had to go back to the underworld to, because of that beautiful Have pomegranate. some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, lotus, aquatic lotus, you know, this is, uh, is, is, is a fantastic uh, aphrodisiac. I mean, it's used in depilatory uh, and to remove unwanted hair, but it is an excellent, it's an ancient Viagra. Basil, I mean, is, uh, is highly aromatic and it, it has antimicrobial and preservative properties. Uh, chamomile, we talked how good it is as a tea for calming and uh, digestion. And, uh, and you, you know, it's also used in massage for muscles and joint pains. Chrysanthemum, which is the cover of my book, and that is, by the way, the, the Japanese national flower, is a relaxant, is an antiseptic in folk medicine. Uh, coriander, you name it. And there's, there's, 
and I can just keep going on and on. And all of that is in my book. And you, you know, you'll go and find out what the value of marjoram is, of mint, of black cumin seed, of moringa, of olive, fenugreek, cumin, geranium. You, you name them; they're all out there. You're saying that it's it's as much physical as it is even mental, right? Those are essential oils. Some of them that can directly affect our our mental health and mood. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. I think mood is is is, is primary there, and so I mean depressions and uh, anxiety and uh, uh, relaxation is is key with the use of uh, essential oils. Whether they are used in diffusers in the house or they're in massage oils or in baths or they're being uh, uh, put in teas to drink or uh, added as Spices in our food, or uh, uh, or you know, infusions of sorts. They, they they affect both the mood, mentally, and of course uh, also physical properties, the physical ailments in the body as well. Yes, and we, unfortunately, we won't have time in this hour to go mm -hmm. through the distillation, the steam distillation. You mm -hmm. you mentioned hydrosol and cold expression and then solvent extraction, right. of course. But can you explain the difference between essential oils and absolutes? Sure, sure. You have a flower or you have an herb or you have a, a, a wood or a seed, uh, any natural material, and how do you extract its, its properties from it or its oils from it? Uh, the simplest method is a steam distillation. So, you know, you take uh, a flower and you steam distill it. And basically, the water will, will pull out, the hot water at least, will pull out the essential oil. And then you condense it with the, with the condensers. And it is then collected. And you get two layers. You get the water layer, which is heavier than the oil. The oil sits on the top. You decant the, the, the thing from the top. And that's your essential oil. And the water is in the bottom. So that, let's say, if you're talking about neroli, you will have neroli oil and you'll have neroli hydrosol or neroli water in the bottom. That's a simple method of doing uh, extraction. Another one would be using a cold press. Uh, like, I mean, everybody's aware of how olive oil is cold pressed. You take the, the, the fruit itself, the pit, and you, you squeeze it, uh, and you produce olive oil. And that's how you produce you know, uh, jojoba and and the argan and uh, uh, all of the fixed oils. Uh, a third method would be for very delicate things, such as, you know, uh, a jasmine or a tuberose or a carnation, the delicate white flowers, uh, rose, uh, and uh, these cannot be steam distilled. They will just basically wilt and be destroyed, and you get nothing out of them. So you can't produce any essences coming out of those uh, uh, flowers. So a best pro another process would be by extraction, and that's done with a solvent, which extracts everything in there, but it also takes the waxes out of that flower. So you end up with what we call a concrete, and that concrete needs to be put in some alcohol, and the wax is separated and uh, uh, decanted or uh, filtered out. And what remains is a alcoholic solution of the oil. And you gently evaporate the alcohol under very low temperature of maybe 30 degrees centigrade. Uh, 
uh, that's room almost room temperature, and you produce the absolute. Now, that's not an essential oil. That is an absolute. Now, the ancient Egyptians had a beautiful technique. Instead of using a solvent to extract the jasmine and those wild, the sensitive flowers, and the process is called enfleurage. Enfleurage is a method in which you uh, basically uh, get fat, and the fat is, is a plant fat, mostly jojoba, and they, they make chassis, uh, and about a thousand of them, and then they, they will then put the flowers on the chassis. This is a process known as enfleurage. And then they let those flowers sit uh, on the chassis overnight for about 24 hours. The flower is still breathing, has not been, ex- you know, killed or, or extra mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, uh, smothered. It's still breathing on the, on the fat. And after 24 hours, they remove those flowers and they put another set of fresh flowers. They keep this process repeated for 72 days. At the end of the 72 days, that fat now is soaked with the aroma. They then put it in alcohol, remove the waxes and the fat, and then they filter and then they extra, they remove the alcohol out by a gentle uh, evaporation. And you're left with this beautiful absolute, but it's not done with solvents. And there are other methods such as carbon dioxide extraction. Uh, molecular distillations. There's a variety of methods to produce essential oils and fixed oils today. So if if somebody was interested in including essential oils and aromatherapy and therapeutic uses into their lives, a novice, right? We have 3 million listeners in 135 countries around the world. How would you recommend an easy way of an ongoing basis of just a couple of or, you know, two, three really potent, wonderful, always appropriate oils or scents to come into one's life? You you want me to give you uh, a, uh, a, a how to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a list like, that you should have in your uh, in your cupboard? Exactly. And what would you do with that? Would you put like a little uh, drop on your on your temple every morning, or would you would you okay. have it in your laundry water so you sleep on it? Like, what's the most logical okay. or practical way of of integrating that? Starting to integrate okay. that. Okay. Very definitely, I think uh, massage is an important part of therapy. And so a, uh, when you're massaging or having somebody massage you, you know, just take a few whiffs of lavender right before you start. That's going to put you in the right mood. And then you soak, you know, your hand with uh, a jojoba mixed with peppermint. And when you, when, you, when you massage the muscles, the peppermint penetrates beautifully and it helps you in coughs and colds and also in the kneading of uh, kneading with a K and E. A-D-I-N-G, mm-hmm. uh, of, your, of your muscles. I think that putting it in your, uh, in your foods and your teas, you know, bergamot, if you like, Earl Grey, ginseng, uh, chamomile, uh, peppermint, all of those for the stomach ailments, for the cold ailments, uh, should be definitely available. I love ginger for muscle aches as well. So, you know, and then there are specialty things. I mean, uh, uh, ginseng, America, I mean, if we just go to, the, let's say, American, Native American stuff, American ginseng is used for as a laxative and it reduces uh, swelling. 
so does, by the way, licorice, and uh, uh, it helps in toothaches and sore throats. Uh, you can take cayenne, and cayenne is excellent for digestive problems, uh, rheumatism, arthritis. I, mean, I remember, I'm not a doctor and don't prescribe anything. You have to check with your doctor on any any of those things, but these are things that are known. And when you Take say when it. you say cayenne, how, what if, are you saying in the food, or would you like if yeah, you yeah, have yeah, if yeah. you have licorice I'm, tea, I'm you just smell the tea for a few minutes longer than you usually would, and not just drink it, but inhale it. Yes, I, I'm talking about definitely uh, spices to be used in the food, uh, but I'm also talking about that you can buy pepper uh, oils, and uh, and then those can be used. Uh, you can get evening primrose. You know, it's excellent for bruises, for coughs, for asthma. Golden seal is uh, is an insect repellent. So these are things that you keep around. Juniper, you know, for digestive disorders, for urinary tract ailments. Verbena, lemon, you know. So, it, uh, you, you know, you need to talk to a supplier of essential oils. I mean, somebody, uh, if you go to your, your, your neighborhood. Natural food store, store or, yeah. Yeah, you will find that a lot of companies are, uh, a lot of uh, stores are set up to, to dispense essential oils, and mm -hmm. they will give you advice on how to use it, how to safely use it. Uh, Beautiful. And you need to rely on them on that. That's Dr. Nadim Shah. Before we go close this interview, and I could yes. speak with you for another two hours, but I do want to talk about the title. You're calling your book Healing Civilizations. Having been a leader in this conversation around the world and putting this beautiful mm -hmm. book together, what power do you see essential oils and scents have? Why the title Healing Civilizations? The title Healing Civilization is a double meaning. How did the ancient civilizations heal their people? And how we can today heal our present civilizations? So it's a double meaning of the past and the future. And that is, we do that with essential oils and therapeutic ingredients, in which we have discussed uh, their properties in detail today. <laughs> Wonderful. If there was a website in addition to the book, where can people find more about you and this book and maybe a book tour or whatever you else have planned to, yeah. to spread yeah, I have a website the wisdom? And it's basically www.healingcivilization without the S, www.healingcivilization.com. Uh, there's a video there, and I'm planning to in the future. As you, as you as you made note of it, the book just uh, was released uh, a few days back, and so uh, I'm putting together a website with information, with pictures, uh, and when you go there, you will uh, get something. But it's not a fully developed one. But uh, I hope in the future, I think if you get the book, <laughs> you will get a lot of information, and uh, you will enjoy reading it, and it will be a reference book that you put on your shelf. So when somebody gives you an oil, you go to the index or and then pull out the uh, the monograph that is written about that particular oil. You'll get the past history and the future and the current uses of it. The oil is not doesn't work the same for absolutely everybody, but at least when you know that our civilizations and our mothers and grandmothers have used it effectively, you, it's an excellent start. Beautiful. What a perfect ending. Thank you so much for making the time and all your passion and this amazing contribution, this wonderful book. 
that you just published. Uh, again, it's called Healing Civilizations, The Search for Therapeutic Essential Oils and Nutrients. And we were speaking with the author, Dr. Nadim Shath. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to have you. Thank you, Helga. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. And that's this hour of an organic conversation on essential oils, the amazing properties of scent, and in this case of scent and oils themselves. We're staying with the topic of holistic approaches to health, in this case on our plates, organic fruits and vegetables, the foundation of health, or another foundation of health. With that, the update from the world of produce directly from the produce dock, how to buy it, how to shop for it, how to store it, and what to do with it. With Earl Herrick from Earl's Organic Produce, here is what's in season. And with us, as always, is the voice of the San Francisco produce dock, from Earl's Organic Produce, Mr. Earl Herrick himself. Earl, are you there? Hello, Helga. <laughs> hey. How are you? I'm I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I am I am well too. Um, I was uh, visiting some stores in the uh, north uh, west uh, part of the state, up in uh, Humboldt County, up in uh, uh, they call the North North Coast Co-ops Arcada. Mm-hmm. And while I was in their produce department talking to their uh, their folks, a customer came up and said, hey, guys, what's going on with $5 romaine? <laughs> wow. And that's so Classic. Yeah, <laughs> totally. What's going wow. on? $5 and, for a head of romaine. Yeah, yeah. Oops. And that, and even, I think a week after that, that was even considered cheap. Mm-hmm. There was just some outrageous prices yeah. going on. And that is really uh, about the weather. And, you know, it gets amplified because the desert in California and Arizona and northern Mexico is supplying the entire country and, you know, and other parts of the world. Whereas, as most of us know, local production is very minimal. You may get some cabbage and some leeks and a little bit of greens, but for the majority of your produce in veg, you're getting it from this one area. And the area got hit very hard with the winter weather, meaning the cold when it was around, mm-hmm. though it has warmed up now, and also the rain. And even the warming up has caused been part of the problem because with those very wet conditions, as it started to warm, it created this perfect environment for mildew. Mm-hmm. And then aphids, which at some point, if you don't control it right away, you end up losing the entire field, mm-hmm. and that's happened quite a bit. So from this limited supply, farmers, companies are stretching their limited sure. supply. And it's not it's not price gouging, right? I mean, we are talking supply and demand, of course, yeah. and farmers can only harvest a fraction, if any, of what mm-hmm. they planted or what they would have would have planted or wanted to plant, and so they need to make do with with what comes in, and that's just not in quantity. It's not enough. Um, you were saying the soil yeah. is wet. You know, pl- things have not been planted early enough. Yep. Are we yep. still in those conditions? Well, we are to some degree now. It's starting to warm up. There is some little production coming out of California. Things now. are drying up a little bit. Yeah, they're drying up, and also 
it's 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 warmer, mm-hmm. so it's it's a pretty nice environment if it doesn't rain too heavy. Yeah. A little bit of rain, like uh, you know, fractions of an inch or uh, you know, an inch over a period of days or half a week, is kind of like almost perfect irrigation. Uh, and then that's a great opportunity to grow. Now you will run into mildew uh, problems. Aphids won't come till it gets really hot. But the fact is, it's just the demand is very high. And, you know, it's that perfect equation of uh, demand is high. I mean, yeah, demand is sky high, supply is tight, and they're making, farmers are making a fraction of what they normally would. So sure. they're, they're harvesting a, like a fraction of their fields, and they're just trying to get back money. What we do in these occasions, we lower our margin drastically. We don't even begin to make any, any sort of margin. We just pass along the product to make, you know, a couple bucks and, and, and do what you do, knowing that this will pass very soon, and we don't need to add any extra capital on top of a huge amount of money already. What can consumers do when they see, I mean, everything is affected, right? You said 5 $6 yeah. for a head of romaine lettuce. Uh, well, it's It seems well, like everything is, at least all the soil-based, not maybe tree fruit, but even those. What What is affected and what can consumers do? Well, consumers best are, are can simplify their diet or direct it toward really, really local stuff like cabbages, some greens, leeks. So, you know, those kind of winter salads, you know, so salads with those greens and some apples and some currants. You know, you change your diet a little bit. Nice. If you're not a vegetarian, then you perhaps eat a little more meat. Uh, you eat some soups, uh, and you enjoy perhaps more uh, veg- more fruits of, of the winter, which would be apples and oranges and, and different types of citrus. But I wanted to – we put out a blog every day, and we call it Market News, and I'm looking at it right now, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We talk about ten different veg groups. And seven of them we have next to it. Alert! Alert! And everyone is talking about very limited production, very limited supply. Tighten up your pocketbook. Perhaps limit your diet a little bit. Maybe it's time to go on vacation <laughs> to, to, a, to a paradise island if you can afford that. Well, there might be items grown in your area or that, that your store yeah. has that, uh, you know, that the zucchini, whatever it may be, where, yes, for a week or two, it might be good to focus on those. Make them grilled, you know, saute them, eat them raw, whatever you do, if you find an item that it's fairly priced, because if you if you just expect to be able to buy whatever you want to buy, as you always have, you might be surprised that prices seem like double or triple, even in some cases, right? Yeah, it really is, double and triple. And, and what's interesting, that unfortunately, price and quality do not track side by side. <laughs> sure, yeah. So one of the things that happens when it does get a very tight supply, prices go up and the quality generally is inverse. It goes down. Yeah. Because they're, they're you're just trying the growers just trying to get something Everything. out of the sure. Field. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think, you know, there is local cabbages. There there are there's this less supply of it, but certainly um, you know, gardens you can winter over cat carrots and chards and and kales. There's just not a a lot of production, and of course, like we're used to maybe 14-inch long kales, now you're going to get maybe 6- or 8-inch because it's locally grown. But I tell you, it is sweet as sugar when it's coming out of the winter and when it's wintered over. Mm-hmm. It's flavor is fantastic. Sure. Asking your, your magic uh, glass bowl, 
We're at the end of March here now. What's your prediction? When will prices relax again? Wow. Honestly, it could be uh, a roller coaster, meaning there, there will probably be pockets of production throughout California. And, uh, you know, when you look across the country, maybe Georgia and the Carolinas, parts of Florida, that will have uh, parts, will have some pockets of production, which can, will have some supply. But I think overall, it could be a whole month before we see some stabilization overall. And we're talking about broccolis, brassicas, greens, uh, spinach, salad mixes, lettuces. That's really where you're going to find the pinch on, on that sort of production. Maybe the end of April. Uh-huh. But, boy, I tell you, that is so hard to stare in that crystal ball and really really get an idea. Wow. But either way, it's great to to just pay extra attention to what, you know, so often in produce, lettuce, whatever head of lettuce can't be the world, we just bag it and take it. And uh-huh. while that's wonderful and maybe good for your health and your diet, uh, just be aware that, again, that's crazy. Prices are double or maybe triple. So just pay extra attention that What you get is what you want, and you don't throw away 20% of what we eat, or what we buy, rather, um, Mm -hmm. gets thrown away. If you pay triple and that head of lettuce doesn't make it onto your plate in four days and because of, you know, not not perfect quality uh, gets soggy and you don't want to eat it anymore, you can easily throw away six, seven dollars there. So that, that hurts right now. So pay attention to what you're buying. Yeah, great time to focus make some, uh, you know, kind of slow down a little bit, make some really conscious choices. Awesome. And look at the <laughs> look at the size of meals that you're making. Yes, great. Yep. Wow, such an important tip. Thank you, Earl, for that alert. And, um, yeah, we hope we'll get another update in a few weeks when, when things do clearly start to relax and prices are coming down. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting uh, to be able to see this as we get into April and and let's start approaching Easter Perfect. and to see what Mother Nature will give us. Yes. But I tell you, it's what you will give us. Up. What you will give us. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Great to have you. Thanks for making time. We'll have you back next week. Looking forward to Thanks, it. Thanks, Earl. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. And that was another hour packed with information, both on the weather, the update from the field, prices are high, pay attention from Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. That website is earlsorganic.com and the fascinating world of essential oils. Thank you so much for listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Take good care. Have a great week. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. The show is made possible through the fantastic support of our underwriters, Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or the culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. Thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. 
and Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And Batiste Rum, the first eco-positive rum of the Caribbean. Ask for Batiste Rum at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and other fine retailers. More information at batisterum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. For more episodes and our podcasts, go to anorganicconversation.com. And of course, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash Anorganic Conversation. Our Twitter handle is Talk Organic, and we're also on Instagram. I'm Helge Helberg, host and executive producer of An Organic Conversation, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>